podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show, Edge Rush. I'm Nat Coombs, he's Prop O, and I'll guess what? What? Guess what? Uh, guess what? Well, the over-under is at, um, what, 30 seconds for you to mention that your Drew Lock's back? So Hang, on. What? Hang on. Oh, very old manny right now. Just to explain <laughs> to everyone, Nat's trying to play something on his phone into the microphone. <laughs> and it's all prepared as well. That was that as is, Carlson That is your comes. most Carlson moment I think you've probably ever had. There we go, baby. Now, can you name the film proper? You won't have seen uh, it because it was made before 2017, but... No, no. We talked about it on the show before. It's one of the all-time great sporting movies, one of the most underrated films, I think. Oh, blimey. In, uh, <laughs> and it's still going. In the line, it's still rolling. The last 50 yeah. years. It is The Colour of Money with Tom Cruise and the great Paul Newman. Uh, about- we discussed this. I don't watch Tom Cruise films. You don't watch Tom Cruise films, of course. That's the yeah. We watch it because it's a Paul Newman film. Listeners, if you haven't seen The Color of Money, it's about pool sharks, the sequel to The Hustler, which is a great book by Walter Tevis, which is also worth a good read as well. And then, of course, a great movie uh, in the 60s with Newman, one of Newman's breakout films. This is the sequel made in the 80s. It is brilliant. And I'm guessing a lot of you like your Americana, so The Color of Money still holds up to this day. One of Cruise's best performances, and that is what, Fast Eddie Felsen. I'm back, baby, because my Drew Lock of the Week is in. Your Drew Lock of the Week is in. And I just want to divert the topic away from this immediately and say that I mm. did actually watch a film from the 90s. Oh, my God. Yeah, what film yeah. from the 90s? Um, Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter. Is that yeah. not the 90s or no? Oh, God, um, I get, I get, no. Buffalo 66. Have you seen it? Mm. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Good show. Yeah, yeah. No, it was actually really good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm amazed. Maybe we should have a weekly spot where Ollie watches a film from pre-2019. Yeah, I, I'd be keen. I don't mind. Do you know what I'm watching uh, tonight? because I'm having a very loser 25-year-old night in tonight. We're doing, me and my mate are going to do all five hours of the Beatles documentary back-to-back. You see, you can sit and watch, and I respect that, you can sit and watch five hours of a Beatles documentary, but you can't find time to watch The Wire or The Sopranos or The West Wing. No, yeah, those are all good points. Those are, but as I said, Nat, before, those are massive commitments. Like, I haven't even seen Breaking Bad, which is even... (laughs) Okay, the conversation is stopping right now. We're getting down (laughs) to business. I can't bear it anymore. (laughs) All right. Listen, by the way, if if you think this is necessary, which I kind of do, maybe we should give Anthony Brown a call and ask him to stop the show um, at least four times at crucial points. Wow, wow. Do you know? Do you know what um, is ridiculous? He had zero penalties before going into the game last night. He now has. He's now in the top twenty for penalty yardage against cornerbacks. He's they were all on third down, right? Yeah, they were pretty much all on third down as well. But he immediately went into some like the some of the worst, one of the worst penalised players of the seasons in just one game last night in one game. Like, how incredible is that? superb uh i want to give a shout out to my friend gab who was over there massive cowboys fan over there at jerry world um and was giving me a a running commentary on whatsapp as it was (laughs) playing as it was playing out which ended up the final whatsapp message he sent all um at 137 uk time jesus four exclamation marks not sure i like nfl (laughs) that was was how the conversation ended so gab i hope i'm pretty sure you probably got a sore head after that but hey it was a hell of a game what a shootout it was a lot more exciting of course than than the uh opening gambit of of lions bears uh matt Nagy, though a stay of execution for him uh, i guess i've written about that this week for squawker go check that out we pushed that out on our social channels my squawker columns about nice plug coaches on the hot seat uh so looking at which coaches some Improbably so, I think. I was looking more from a perspective of the uh, the hype and chatter and jibber-jabber that's flying around. For example, on Pete Carroll, please stop suggesting that Pete Carroll should move on from Seattle because of what's happened this season. Then you've got more realistic coaches that are they're basically playing for their, some of them anyway, I think are, are playing a coaching for their careers, right? Because... The example I gave, I know it's different because it was his first year, but if you remember Flores' first season, mm. ironically, he is a coach, I think, that is, that is in 
the hot seat frame, although again, I don't feel should be, but Flores' first season, they had an 0-7, 0-8 start, I want to say. Anyway, a winless start for a long time. And of course, strong, relatively speaking, running. So they went 5-4, and four, I think, beat the Patriots. And so the overall season record was 5-11. and 11, But Flores was the talk of the offseason. What a dynamic young coach because they ended strong. They trended in the right direction. And that's key for a lot of coaches, I think, right now coaches like judge for sure if the giants can somehow go on which is i know a bit of a long shot but go on a run and take five or six of of the rest of the games that will change the perspective for sure even though it's a non-playoff season another disappointing season and there are quite a few coaches in that mix yeah there definitely is i mean i remember what a couple of weeks ago we were talking about carl shanahan right right which is now obviously completely changed and the san francisco 49ers are back i've heard conversations of mike zimmer being on the hot seat we're going to preview that game between the niners and the vikings which is now looked as as a playoff contending um matchup but a couple of weeks ago a lot of people were saying that mike zimmer's done he's not able to get the performance of the defense that he used to be able to carl shanahan's creativity has been stunted he's been found out all of those kinds of things mm. all it takes is two wins back to back and if one's against a good team or a winning team then people immediately eradicate that narrative yeah and everyone starts talking about how great a coach he is and now we're going into this week being like oh carl shanahan going up against mike zimmer one of the great offensive versus defensive matchups right it's uh, you know what on the shanahan point it's a good one i referenced that in the column i credited iron mike with his trademark mouth clowns definition and therefore i think i might have inadvertently referred to us as mouth clowns all yeah yeah no, you probably said i mean we are mouth clowns at the end of the day. i don't think really there's any better word to describe us is there reasonable point um we had a marcus mariota signing the rare sighting of a marcus mariota of course uh rocking up but and- no and now I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna just go on a little bit of a rant there mm. why pay Taysom hill that money if you're not going to put him in the game more against Buffalo Bills. Trevor Simeon, it clearly wasn't working. It clearly yeah. wasn't working. But at least when you've got Taysom Hill in, the defence has to think about it a little bit more mm. than just the check down pass. They have to think about the fact that Taysom Hill can run with the ball. They can think about the play action with him as well. They can think about it. He's probably just as... I mean, I don't know what Sean Payton's seeing, which makes him think that T- Trevor Simeon is comfortably better than Taysom Hill or they should not at least mm. split... He snaps more. That's what I don't understand. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really fair point. I can only think of two things here. The first is that Hill is not fully fit. Um, yeah, there, you know, I know the concussion thing, but there's another knock. I think, and I know we talk a lot about play. Or most players are carrying a knock, but there's got to be something there. I think, and not necessarily that he therefore can't execute, but that's maybe stalled his yeah. development as a, as a potential starter uh, in terms of what he's been able to to do and, and absorb and, and and try out and practice or it they're not really they don't really know what they want to do with him yet what they know is i want him around the versatility is something that peyton who let's give him credit one of the great offensive minds of his generation feels strongly it makes good business to have a player who demonstrates this versatility is who I know and understand and get and realize he's a good character who understands my offensive philosophy because he's been here a while to lock him in long-term because I don't know exactly how I'm going to use him, but I do know that I will be, we will be stronger with a versatile player like that in the mix when we're, when the way the NFL is going, the way offenses are continually evolving in, in that direction. And the deal that you struck or they've struck with, with Taysom Hill underlines that, right? That, okay, if he ends up being a scat pack gadget kind of guy, well, it's a still a chunk of change, but it's a lot less than if he's going to be a starting quarterback that is hitting some pretty good numbers and scaling some fairly impressive heights because it's so broadly and heavily performance related. So I kind of like, I kind of like it. I, if, if, if the money in terms of the cap, and I haven't really drilled down into that, particularly in the, in the implications of, of spending that type of money at the lower end, let's say, if that stacks up, which which presumably they feel that it does, then I, then I like it. I think it makes sense for me that a coach like Sean Payton is thinking ahead two, three, four years and the productivity that a player like Taysom Hill can give him 
in terms of the way offenses are developing as opposed to he's my starting quarterback for 2022. No, I understand that point. That's a great point. Well made. But I just think my only issue with it is probably the fact that it seems like there is no better opportunity than now to see what Taysom Hill will look like as a quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Because of how badly Trevor Simeon is playing. And it doesn't seem like it can get much worse. And that might happen now, because I think up until yesterday, up until the Bills blowout, the Saints felt they're very much... And they will still probably think they're in with an outside shot, right? But I think certainly up until recently, and then obviously Kamara got banged up as well. And But they have been in contention. And I think, the ra- I guess the rationale was Simeon's the safer bet to keep us rolling along in contention. Hill's too much of a, you know, in the same way Garoppolo is over over Trey Lance, right? It, and it's not exactly the same. And uh, I, I know Lance is more raw. Actually, I say he's more raw than Taysom Hill. He obviously is, but not that much. We haven't seen Taysom Hill much as a quarterback. So I, I think it was the safe play. And I wonder now if the Saints think, well, it's unlikely we're gonna we're gonna make the postseason. Maybe they'll they'll give him a run and see see what he looks like. Right, let's get down to business. Oh, one more question for you. I have one more question for you about doing games mm. with everything that surrounds the noise about Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay and mm. the brilliant offensive minds that they both are and the combination that we're likely to see from the two of them going forward. Why do you think they couldn't find a place for Deshaun Jackson in that offense? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's a very good question. It Whether... just He was brilliant last night, do you not think? And he gave... Yeah. He basically, I thought, was the difference between the two teams when it came down to it. Because the Dallas Cow, I mean, he was a, he was basically the creator of those Brown, uh, I think it was three out of the four of the Brown penalties. Yeah, He had over 100 yards. He had yeah. a touchdown, a brilliant touchdown. And you feel like that kind of player, that kind of deep threat can only be beneficial for your team. And when you've got someone with the offensive playbook and capabilities and versatility that Sean McVay has, mm. I find it weird that they were unable to find a role, a significant role for him. It's a great point because we're not talking about a huge hit salary wise no, either. Right? Uh, it's, it's a, it's a <clears throat> buy low kind of deal as you would say. Also, I, I get it. I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. I suppose the only thing I can think of with that is having had Jackson around for the duration that the, the Rams did. Maybe they felt that, his ability to consistently deliver at the mm. level that they want, even in a cameo kind of role, wasn't there. Now that doesn't mean that they got that assessment right either, but possibly that's what it was. And what we saw last night is a little bit like the example you've talked about a fair bit, and I, Mike, as well, with the backup quarterbacks that have the the Mike White, you know. And, and I'm not disrespecting Sean Jackson by saying he's like a jobbing journeyman backup that has a, a day in the sun, but it's a similar idea that can he replicate that consistently? And, you know, we'll see, I, 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 but it's a really good point. I don't know. And, and maybe the simple answer is the Rams got it wrong. You know, they yeah. didn't, they didn't, didn't see enough, didn't see what was in front of them. And they might, they might live to regret that. Uh, we'll see, yeah. see how Odell plays out. I just think that you, when you a player like that, you don't necessarily look to deliver. Like Deshaun Jackson's not going to be seen, like not going to be expected to get 100 yards and a touchdown each game. Yeah, sure. But he is the kind of player when the matchup serves you right, will win you a game like last night. And he has those kind of capabilities. And I just don't mm-hmm. see why, when you've got the kind of team that the Rams do, I don't see why they found it. Um, they didn't find a use for him effectively or enough use for him to keep him happy when you know that he has that kind of game in his locker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Well made, Propo. Now, let's get down to business. We've got three games for picking. We've got our Drew Locks of the Week. Yeah. What is the, how did your Drew Lock of the Week go off? Yeah, I lost my Drew Lock of the Week, but do you know what? I call that huh. charity. It's charity to you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Obviously, what? last week, we I was sending all Graceful my and defeat. energy into yeah. you. And like, I was happier for you um, mm. because of the, it's the kind of guy you how are. sad you were for the whole of the last show. And it's just, it yeah. was uh, just yeah. for the sake of everyone's for everyone. I thought <laughs> it was good that you won and I lost. Did you have it? Did you, did you rig it? Did you have it fixed so I could 
so I could win that prop. Yeah, I've, uh, I've that, managed, uh, with the amount of money in the NFL, I managed yeah. to fix San Francisco 49ers <laughs> off the Jaguars and the Washington football <laughs> team against the Panthers. The, pro, it wouldn't, the unders king of Plumpton, I think, is capable of anything. So where does that leave <laughs> us in our, in our head-to-head, Drew Lockton? So I am eight and three. three. Yeah. And you are six and five. No, I'm seven and four, aren't I? No, you were five. You went to five hundred last week. Ah, okay. Hey, I'm back in the playoff mix. Yeah, you are back in the playoff mix. No, no, there's still, there's still a yeah. lot. We will go uh, through am, to the playoffs. We'll go through to the Super Bowl. I'm the 49ers of this of this makeup right but now. But you do realise if we go into the if I'm winning going into Super Bowl, I'm just going to do whatever you pick. The solo, solo, but I wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if you do that. So we, I've got. I by the way, I'm on the fence. I've got two Drew Locks that I'm as of right now. Not sure which way I'm going to go. So I might throw them out there and watch your, gauge your reaction because you rightly, listeners will remember when I was doing our Acker of the Week last week, uh, Ollie's reaction uh, to my first pick, which came undone, was oh, <laughs> or similar, right? It was a yeah, just really yeah. underwhelming, underwhelming response to the, the Titans. Was it the Titans you didn't like? Yeah, the, Titans, the Titans. Yeah, Titans against Texans. I just... Yeah. It felt it felt like um it felt Walking like into that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wasn't necessarily expecting Tyrod Taylor to go. My God. Uh, yeah. go Tyrod. So what are we doing with our Acker all all week? I think we got somebody tweeted us. Uh let's take a look at this. Did somebody they? Yeah, yes, they did at the NC <laughs> show. We got a few. Oh, no. Uh we're getting some good tweets coming in, by the way, from I know you would have listened to the preview show with me and Ben. Because you won on that. And uh, did you like the first couple of minutes of the show? I always know that when um, <laughs> I edit a show between you and Ben, that there'll be at least five minutes of taking the mic out of me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I always just assume that it's going to be in there. Um, we yeah, got, um, I was I was actually playing, I was playing five aside yesterday. Ah, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. The reason, as you know, um, but it was one of those really annoying games where everyone spends more time arguing than they do actually playing. How'd you get on? Did you win? Uh, yeah, we did win, but I wasn't. I like to. I like the fun of the game now. And when everyone's just arguing the whole time, I get annoyed because I just want to yeah. play ball. Yeah, I want to play ball now. I just want to play ball. Just play ball. That's what you're all about, man. Just playing yeah, ball. I just want to play ball. Uh, look, I can't find this tweet. Apologies uh, to whoever sent it, but it was a funny one. And it you was. You work a mobile phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh my god! I'm becoming more and more like Mike every day, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it, it was fun. Somebody said it's a lot of fun to listen to Ed Rush on Monday. That's the best time to listen. Yeah, to I, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. Remember that tweet? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. shout out to whoever you uh, that said that. Uh, it was funny, and I wrote back reminding uh, our listener that uh, the Drew Lock of the week is back on, and he very helpfully reminded me that the Acker <laughs> of the week wasn't a success and i think we were discussing all that we might hand the crown back to you to just to st- for the benefit of our listeners because i'm on a tilt with the acca even if my drew locks are looking up i think what we do is we work this one out together and we see if we can use both our minds okay to okay. come up with to come up with a solution i like it all right so we're gonna have that your prop bet to the week how did they land last week I went two and one my prop bets last nice. week. Uh, that is the last time I backed Dak Prescott over two and a half touchdowns throwing because... Yeah, is that it? Me, yeah, that's what I'm done. Uh, he let me down again um, against Kansas City Chiefs. But Darren Waller had a big game against Cincinnati Bengals. So that came in. And Taylor Heineke, I, I have to say that was one of those where I ended up winning, winning the bet. But yeah. I would say my narrative was wrong. He played mm. absolutely brilliantly against Carolina Ooh, Panthers. I've got he some good he, he can throw it to, to you. I would catch a Heineke ball. Yeah, yeah, he could throw it to you. That's how brilliantly he was playing. But we, well, we'll discuss that in the coming. We We're going to talk about Washington, Seattle. I got um, uh, some good Heineke numbers for you. Oh, I know yeah. you like some numbers. Uh, Minnesota, San Francisco as well. Uh, more prop bets from all our Drew Locks, our Acca. But we're going to lead off with the Broncos Chargers crucial game uh, for <clears throat> obvious reasons in terms of the playoff race and. and uh, and the battle for the West, which is game on, particularly with the Raiders win last night. I know you love your percentage stats, percentage chance stats. Up. We often yeah. get into those when we're doing our live radio show. Sunday's talk show two, five o'clock. Uh, so check this one out. The Chargers, if they lose, will have a 52% chance of making the postseason. So if they lose this, it's 50-50 for the Chargers to make it. <laughs> I love these ridiculous percentage charge stats. But there you go. So there's a lot riding on this for LA. What's the number? Who's leaning into this one uh, as the favourite? 
So a divisional matchup, despite the fact that it's in Denver, the Chargers are a two and a half point favourite. I think that's largely because the last time out we saw the Denver, this Denver team before their bye week get absolutely smacked by the Philadelphia Eagles and the Chargers finally returning to winning ways last week as well. And the over-unders are 47 and a half. That opened at 46 and a half has been bet up to 47 and a half. Um, despite the fact that the over has only hit twice in Broncos games this season. Yeah, I think this is an interesting matchup because the one thing that the Chargers will obviously try and do and establish as much as they can is throwing the ball with Justin Herbert. And that's the one thing that Denver seemed to be able to stop relatively well. They they are third in scoring defence and ninth in passing defence in the NFL. They tend to keep teams under 220 yards passing per game. So I think... I'll I'll add one to that pile as well. Because the Broncos' secondary is solid. Yeah. In the top eight defensively for both yards per attempt and quarterback rating allowed on passes thrown at least 20 yards downfield. So the deep ball, which served Herbert so well earlier on in the season, then kind of fell off a cliff, is going to be hard to get going in this one. Yeah. I I, I mean, that's where it's going to be interesting. But at the same time, Hurts carved up this Denver Broncos secondary. So it's like it's one of those things with the NFL where it's hard to which game do you read more into now? Do you read mm-hmm. the, do you read into when this team managed to stun the Dallas Cowboys completely in Dak Prescott when he actually mm-hmm. had his weapons? Or do you look at the tar- the game where they basically got torn up like literally thrown about by the Philadelphia Eagles. They made mm-hmm. uh, they made it very, very easy for themselves. Do you, what are you thinking about this um it feels weird that in only his second year of playing that Justin Herbert's already getting the Russell Wilson treatment of let Justin Herbert cook because it seems yeah. to be like the Chargers have like inherited this kind of efficient passing game where Herbert isn't taking that many shots down the field despite the fact that that seems to be one of his specialties. Like, where do you buy into that? Do you trust the coaches who are seeing this team game in, game out to kind of make the right decisions or do you think that they're being a little bit too conservative? It's a great question. I think the... F- the former probably because I think that because Herbert's acclimatized so impressively to, to life in the NFL, I think everyone was getting a little bit carried away with what we were seeing at the start of the season, right? The, which was undoubtedly impressive, but it doesn't change the fact that he's a second year quarterback, right? He's still pretty raw. And with a couple of very obvious exceptions in the last 30 years, right? that you have to be respectful and mindful of that learning curve that a player like this is still going on. Uh, So I'm looking, you know, looking at the games this season where they've really flexed. So, I mean, they look great against the Chiefs back in September. They had a big game against the Browns, obviously latterly a big game against the Steelers. So, the, the the balance, I think, is probably right. And you make a really astute point that for all the observation and assessment we can make watching tape and watching game film and Red Zone and everything else, this is, you've got to have faith. If you're buying into the credibility of the coach, which I think at the moment with Staley and Kobe doing in LA, you know, I get when it gets to, I don't want to pile in on him because everybody seems to be, but what we were seeing early on in with the offense under Nagy with fields, that's the kind of thing. And our friend, friend of the show, Dan Olofsky was, was vitriolic in his criticism of, uh, you know, of Nagy. When you see mismanagement, and we were joking about this on the WhatsApp group last night with Ben, right? Just the play calling from Dan Campbell was, I mean, so retro leaning. It was the same with the giants actually, and, and their play calling with Garrett, when we we know where that's gone, just so out of touch. That's a little bit different. I don't sense, and this is, I haven't watched every Chargers game. And so I haven't seen every single play call. I haven't analyzed every single play call. What I have seen from them, I don't sense that they're out of touch offensively. And so I have, I guess I have to land on the side of have faith in them. They know what they're doing when you put all those points together. Yeah, I think... Um... My opinion, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago on the show, I think it's with the, the Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals, I see two teams with two second-year quarterbacks. Yeah. Very promising and clearly going to have, hopefully, great careers in this league 
with obviously injury in mind and all of that kind of stuff. Because Ben is a great point also. I mean, that's the people are saying the same thing right now. Yeah. With, yeah. With I would have a bit more faith in Brandon Staley than I would in Zach Taylor. My only issue yeah. with Zach Taylor is obviously we've seen this now for three years or two and a half years compared mm. to Brandon Staley. This is his first year. He's trying to find out this team. Whereas Zach, Zach Taylor's mm. conservative play calling is just so frustrating sometimes because of how basic it is. Mm. Like first and 10 and he just goes for the most basic run plays. Yeah. And then I, he basically, I just don't see there's enough... He doesn't seem to disguise what play we're going to do a lot of the time. And it's just mm. seen some of our best plays this season. If you look at the Bengals highlights for the first half of the season, a lot of those plays will probably be from Burrow audibles, which I think is a bit concerning for second year quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which I don't think is the same for the Chargers. But what I see with yeah. both those teams are, I don't think, and they could obviously prove me wrong, you never know in this league, the Cincinnati Bengals or the LA Chargers are Super Bowl contenders this season. Mm. But I think they're a couple of pieces away from being Super Bowl contenders. Mm. And I think what Brandon Staley is probably trying to do with his coaching staff this season is build a foundation to allow yeah. Herbert to get better and better year on year. Justin Herbert, we know, is incredible at throwing the deep ball and spotting mm. it when he needs to and pulling off sensational highlight reel thro- uh, throws. Mm. But I think learning how to game manage, learning how to control the clock, as mm. Mike has told us several times on previous shows, how important that is this season, I think, is is going to be important for him going forward and I think is only going to benefit him. Yeah, well said. I agree. Right, on this one, uh, Bradley Chubb back for the Question, Broncos? We yeah, think? it's questionable. Yeah. That, that's another one that's questionable. Mm-hmm. And um, it's Dora Jackson's questionable as well, isn't he? Uh, so keep an eye on those two, gang, before you lean in on this. The- so when it comes to the Broncos, do you not just think that um, they have, they're also got the pieces to have an incredible kind of or near future anyway when you look mm. at do you know who I'm a massive fan of and I think this is going to be a huge game for and I think he could be quite a decisive player I'm going to guess you're going to go Jerry Judy no I'm actually not going to go Jerry Judy because I don't back Teddy Bridgewater to be able to throw him the ball well enough I don't think we've seen that from Teddy this season so do you know who I am going to go for Javante mm. Williams with rookie running back yeah right he, he's been an absolute beast now if you get the opportunity mm. listeners go on YouTube and watch his best runs this season because mm. they are absolutely sensational and they they are huge they are beast mode runs and I think this actually could be a breakout game for the youngster we all know the Chargers can't stop the run they're ranked 32nd in the league oh, in the run. ugly at that yeah and, that's a great point yeah and Williams has already had huge games against the Cowboys and the Steelers so I actually like this matchup for him a lot of people aren't kind of noticing him because he's not scoring the touchdowns on the red zone yeah, he, yeah the runs that he is making and the kind of people that he is trucking means that he has actually got a bright future and I'm a, a massive fan I think this could be a great matchup for him I, I love that call and I, I love the the receiving call Sutton and Judy Patrick's electric yeah, no fans, he's the one that we this. weren't really talking about as well do you know what I mean we're like yeah. people talking about Judy Sutton and Tim yeah. Patrick is really he's been a stud he's had yeah. 523 yards this season already I mean, that, is a, I mean that, that four Sutton, Judy Patrick and Noah Fan. I mean that is as strong as it gets I yeah. think I think, it's, I think that's an absolute just sensational wide receiving call. I think one thing that I was uh, listening to um, uh, the fan, I was reading an article on fan side of Broncos and they say mm. the major issue that they've had, sadly with Teddy, as much as he is, he is a good quarterback, mm. he doesn't attempt to put it into tight windows ever. And mm. I don't think he thinks he's capable of doing it. And I think that has hindered them because they've actually got the players to make to, the plays on those yeah, windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're missing KJ Hamler as well to add to that, yeah. that court. Uh, something I hadn't realised, I hadn't clocked. Can you name, <laughs> unfair question, can you name the Broncos centre of? Can I name the Broncos centre? I mean, there's only a couple of centres mm. that I can probably name the league. Yeah. Lloyd Cushenbury the third. No, <laughs> Lloyd Cushenbury the third. That is an amazing love of that. That's going to go to your list of favorite names in the NFL right now. All right. Are you going to take any action on this one? I mean, it's, I find this one really tough to be completely yeah. honest with you. I think it's a, I think it's an unpredictable game in terms of, in terms of just these two teams, you can see two completely different teams week in, week out. Mm. So in that, in those instances now, what I would have to say is I'd probably have to, play the number and I think you would have to take the points with Denver here and what I'd actually expect mm. is I'd wait till Sunday because I would like, I think the Chargers tend to be a team that are the public favourite a little bit more so I can see this line moving out to three yeah. Denver at home 
the Chargers are five and zero against the spread in their last five games against the AFC West. So that's the kind of trend that I think is going to come to an end. I think you take the points with Denver here. I it's not going to be pretty necessarily, but I like the I, I like Denver Broncos to exploit this Chargers run defense and control the clock and frustrate the Chargers. And I hope and I think the secondary will cause Justin Herbert some problems. So I think that with the Broncos at home, the value is probably on their side here. Expertly said, that is exactly what I feel. If I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to have anything on this game, but if I am, it is going to be on Denver, and it's for all yeah. of those reasons. I, I, I love that pick. And Bradley Chubb, I think, is going to be key. key to keep an eye on his status. Right, Minnesota, San Francisco next. Look at this run-in, all for the 49ers. So we were on the radio show on Sunday. We were getting into Philly has got a vanilla run in and Philly is suddenly a playoff team. Yeah, yeah. Look at this. So the Vikings, obviously, this, this Sunday. Then they got the Seahawks, the Bengals, tricky, but the Falcons, the Titans, not nearly where we thought they were going to be. And then the Texans. That is a decent run in for San Francisco. I mean, they could win four of those six easily and make the playoffs. And I honestly think with what we've seen over the past two weeks, you would have to say that they're that team who is who looks to be hitting form at the right time, if yeah. that makes sense. They, yeah. I mean, they were everyone's dark horse pick going into the year yeah. for the Super Bowl because of the level of talent that they've had, that yeah. they have. And then injuries played them. They had some bad losses. There was some funny coaching going on. It didn't seem like the team had its identity, but you can sense that over the last two weeks, the team's really found its identity. And that identity apparently is just giving the ball to Debo Samuel as much as you possibly can. But that makes sense. I mean, he has been, he had, he is as the second most receiving yards in the NFL this season. Mm. And then last week rushes for what, 78 yards and a touchdown. It fascinates me. I mean, he's such a, you know, prototypical new era receiver, isn't he? I mean, because when I was talking to, I think it was, we were talking to Carson about him and saying, look, he's not a, a, to use the word again, he's not a prototypical number one receiver, right? And Carlson said, yeah, that's right. But if you think about him bursting that deep threat, he could do that as well. He can basically do anything, Debo Samuel. Yeah. So you could play him, but because he's so versatile, they're just mixing him up in all kinds of ways. But he, it feels like he is capable of doing anything. And, and I guess if you compare that to if talking about positional evolution, the, the quarterback position, those players who can stand in the pocket, air the deep ball, a dual threat with their legs, have the smarts as well. The, the difference between, not that they're better. I know people often generationally say, well, does that make Mahomes a better quarterback than Joe Montana? No, they're different, but it's still an evolution of the position. What they've been, you know, going further back to the 50s, what a quarterback was expected to do then, which was throw the ball three times <laughs> and run. It's, you know, the positions evolve and change and, and, Debo seems to be, I think, right at the front of the at tight end as well is another good example of looking at how that Kelsey, Kittle, new Gronk, I guess, started at that new school tight end, a linebacker as a receiver. This seems to be very much where the territory Samuel's in. Really, really exciting to watch him develop as an NFL pro. Definitely. And then on the other side, you have Justin Jefferson, who was absolutely right. incredible. Last week, he made some brilliant plays, which I think made Kirk Cousins look a little bit better. And so did Alan Thielen, actually. I thought they both yeah, made. Yeah. I thought they both made really impressive plays to make Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins look a little bit better than he well, should. Well, Kirk Cousins, let's give a bit of love to. We Kirk. can't. Kirk. I can't hate on. Kirk. Come on, I can't, can't hate on Kirk. Kirk hasn't thrown a pick. He hasn't thrown a pick in five games. Or I know no. it is. Although he should have thrown about four last week. <laughs> Doesn't matter. They don't. <laughs> they they beat obviously beat the Packers last week. Beat the Chargers the week before. Lost in overtime to the Ravens. Now lost to the Cowboys. So they're two defeats in that stretch of come against two teams that we feel. Do you actually want to hear go through the view? I've got Minnesota's season in front of me. It is actually Ooh, wild. Nice. Yeah, it's wild. So week one, mm -hmm. they lost to a walk off field goal in overtime. Yep. Week two, they lost on a missed field goal. Mm -hmm. Week five, they had a win on. Uh, a walk-off field goal. Was Week that the Vikings? I mean, the uh, Lions. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, that was the Lions because you remember that because you had the Lions, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, week six, they won on a walk-off t- uh, touchdown in overtime. Mm-hmm. Week eight, they lost to a touchdown in the last minute of the game. Week nine, they lost to a walk-off field goal in overtime. And week 11, they won on a walk-off field goal. Wow. I mean, yeah, for sure. This is this is a team I think a, a lot of people... Uh, look, they're getting a lot of props for for the Packers win for sure, and they have been maddening at times, as uh, we have discussed the fluctuating offense that seems to flip from lights out. This could be the best offense in the NFL right now. To yeah. watching is this Detroit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they seem to. If we're talking about teams that are getting identity and getting consistency, th- they seem to be there, and I think they're underrated. I. I think issues at the at the secondary, right? That's a problem. I know yeah. they've had some off the field issues this week as well, yeah, right? Uh, yeah. With Everson Griffin, the, one of the PFS stats that I was looking at, and particularly with what we've just been saying about Debo, uh, and of course Ayuk and other weapons, Kittle back now as well. The Vikings don't have a single corner graded higher than sixty fifth in terms of coverage oh. grade this season. So it's not kind of one the, yeah, the stat you want to see going up against this forty nine ers side so i've picked i've picked in my squawker column i picked minnesota for the upset here have you i have interesting i i when i initially saw this line which is currently at three i was thinking to myself i would definitely be taking minnesota considering the season they've had considering how many close games they've had it doesn't make sense to especially after the form that vikings are in to expect them to lose by more than three points here yeah but i actually think that with my sharp head on that the San Francisco 49ers are probably the pick here just purely because I think that the Vikings, I think that basically the people are too high on the Vikings right now are following mm-hmm. that Green Bay victory mm-hmm. because I really think that game was such a freak game that I think yeah. it's going either way and I don't yeah. think necessarily the Vikings actually deserve to win it. Whereas I think the 49ers are genuinely rolling right now. I think they genuinely deserved to absolutely destroy the LA Rams with mm. the way they play on both sides of the ball. Yeah. They've improved defensively massively mm. and they just have flat out stopped missing tackles, which was a huge issue for them at the beginning of the season. They're managing to generate turnovers, even against Matthew Stafford, which means I think they will cause Kirk Cousins problems. As much as I love, I, I think Kirk Cousins deserves all the respect in the world this year. And I think he has been completely underrated and underappreciated. A touchdown ratio of 21 to two interceptions is incredible. Mm, right. But I think this is one of the games where you see that correction for Kirk Cousins and I think he might drop back a little bit. George Kittle coming back has been like huge for Jimmy G and his production. And I think getting his safety net back in the same way that when Brady gets Gronk back, I think when Jimmy G gets Kittle back, it makes him more comfortable. And we've seen Jimmy G eradicate his mistakes in the past couple of weeks. He hasn't been trying to do the impossible. He hasn't been trying to do what he is incapable of doing. He's just been throwing the simple passes. Past two games, he's had 180-ish yards and two touchdowns. And that's exactly what Jimmy G needs to do. And let Carl Shanahan come up with the creative plays outside of him and around him with Debo Samuel and whichever running back is in at the time and not injured, mm. I think is the way they play this game. And the Vikings actually rank last in the NFL in yards allowed per rush attempt. So I think mm. that will allow the 49ers to dictate this game, dictate the clock. So uh, it's three is a tough number. Again, that's mm. the only issue with it. I think I, I would be much more tempted to take the 49ers money line here. Mm would be my play. The over-under is at um, 48 and a half. I don't know if I... It's one of those games which could easily be 30 apiece, couldn't it? It could be one of those games where both offences are rolling, but at the same time, it could go... I think both these offences are too unpredictable to potentially Mm. back that over. Um, So, yeah, I think my play for this game would probably be 49ers money line. 49ers money. I, 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 it's good logic. I like the, the the Vikings with the points. I think I'd probably go out just for the just for the value of it of because it's so tight. Vikings straight up. If you yeah. can see a punt in the purest sense, but it wouldn't be one of my stronger picks of the week. But if I was if I was put on the 
put on the line, which of course I am in my scorecard column when I got to make picks. <laughs> and then yeah. I went, but I did flip flop. I definitely flip flopped on this, but I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards uh, Minnesota narrowly. All right, much clearer on this one. Washington, Seattle. The Seahawks. Are you? Yeah, the Seahawks all have scored 13, one three points since the week nine bye. They've won one game, which was against the Jaguars since week four. Oh my God. My God. But, 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 as I said at the top of the show, can we all stop this nonsense about Pete Carroll? However, no, no, no I need to. Does Wilson I, I, leave I, this offseason? No, well, I'm going to promote the Pete Carroll out narrative because uh, last not. week, no, no, I am just purely because uh, last week I had money on the Seahawks. And that Fair. Was so, yeah, I think I did as well. That, yeah. So <laughs> we were quite really, big on them last week, weren't we? Yeah. We were really big on them last week. And I have to say, I, I don't usually talk about bets I don't give out on this show. Mm. Um, on this show, funny enough. But, I had an Acker last week. Did you now? Had, yeah. A rival Acker to I had a, I had a, I had a rival Acker. Well, this one you wouldn't give out because it's a, it's one of the more silly Ackers. Low stake, bit of fun. Mm. But I had the Vikings to beat the Packers. Yeah. Colts to beat the um, the Colts to beat the Bills. Texans to beat the Titans. Come off it. And the Niners to beat you the bet against Jags. our Acker. That's basically what you did on this Acker. Yeah, basically, <laughs> and the Niners to beat the Jags. Yeah. Seahawks to be the Cardinals. Um, so I got through the early sleigh. Yeah. I had the Seahawks. Basically, I got the Seahawks when they were at plus three and then moved to minus three when the Kyler Murray news was. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So I sat down to watch those games, ex- almost expecting to have quite a big chunk of change. Yeah. Coming to what me. were the odds of that Acker? The odds of that Acker were they were like 40 to one. Wow. Yeah, so I was. So, can you imagine my frustration sitting and watching? Oh God! Can you like it was potentially one of the most pain. I obviously you hedge in those situations, but at the same time, like you don't. It was just so frustrating because the momentum seemed like it could have shifted quite a few times. Yeah, but the Seahawks could not deliver anything on third down. It was so painful in that sense that Russell Wilson could not find DK Metcalf. It just seemed like. It seemed like Russell Wilson had completely ch- transformed mm. into a, just a really, really bad quarterback. And this is what I find interesting going into this week is we're probably seeing a quarterback in Russell Wilson who's had his two worst games of his mm. career in the past two games, averaging 184 yards passing with zero touchdowns and two interceptions, mm-hmm. going up against Taylor Heineke, who's probably having, who's probably just had the two best games of his career so far, mm. beating Tom Brady. And the Bucks, and last week he completely carved up one of the best passing defenses in the NFL. Yeah. It's because exactly right. He, these games have been against the, the Bucks and the Panthers. Seventy-eight percent completion rate, eight point six yards per attempt, four touchdowns, zero picks. Taylor Heineke is—he's on MVP form. Propo, uh, Chris Carson officially out for the season. Yeah, or nothing to play for. Is this a trap game, old? For which side? You think you think that's have you gone? I'm back. You're back. So you think that the Seahawks are the play here and Washington are the obvious play and the Seahawks are the trap. Is that what that's what I'm asking you, what the sharps are looking at here. Yeah, I mean, realistically, all of the money is obviously going to come in on Washington. Why yeah. wouldn't it? The way if anyone sat down and watched the Seahawks game like I did last week, it, it would almost seemingly be impossible to back them again this week especially going up against the new Taylor Heineke mm. we have seen but yes you are right now 65% of the tickets mm-hmm. are on Washington 69% of the cash is on Seattle mm. and interestingly as well while we're on it the overrun is at 46 and a half right now yes it's 50-50 in terms of tickets people going under over mm. Seattle are actually the worst team for hitting the over this season they are 1-8-1 and one, mm. is their record but that the over, in terms of cash, 94% of the money is on the over. Yes, the over is the play I like here. I like it as well. That yeah. is what I like as well. Yeah, because I, I just can't believe that this that Russell Wilson... Or, look, we'll know whether he is properly banged up, can't play anything close to his typical self, not just because of that, you know, the absence of a... Of a Consistent ground game is a big problem, of course, and, and other factors. But you would think that Wilson and the Seahawks, after those stats I reeled out, will be able to put up, my God, at least 
17 to 20 against a Washington's defense that's banged up. At the very least, there's got to be confidence in a bounce back game from Wilson here just to, to freestyle, rustle up, no pun intended, the uh, something out of nothing, even if it is as abject as in terms of play calling and productivity, what we saw last week, which means if Heineke, I think, can continue to roll, if he's played like that against those two defenses against the Seattle D, I'm, I'm, the over is one of my stronger plays of the week. Yeah, no, I think it's a great shout. Um, I think, I just find it impossible to believe. I mean, last week was the first time Russell Wilson has ever lost three games in a row in his career. Exactly. So the idea that he's not going to be able to deliver in four games in a row is just, sadly, you're just ignoring everything that we've learned from Russell Wilson's career. That's the only thing. So that when you're going into something like this, when you're trying to think about it methodically, you have to take into account that Russell Wilson is usually one of the most reliable quarterbacks in this league and will usually be able to put up points. And it's usually his defence or his offensive line that lets him down. And it doesn't seem like either of those things are going to happen. And on this, the only... Um, I honestly said that Monday morning, if you mm. said I said I was never, ever going to back the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson mm. again because of how frustrating that watch was. Mm. I'm, I can't look away from Seattle in this game. Uh, the only reason is, is because I think that, as I just said there, you're looking at a quarterback who's had his two best games in a row. And mm-hmm. I think you're looking at a quarterback who's had his two worst games in a row. And I always think that you sort of go against trends. At that you revert point. to type. Yeah, Taylor Heineke is a, is a great story, but yeah, Wilson is one of the great quarterbacks of his exactly. generation. Exactly. And what I the, expect them what to the, swap roles here almost. Yeah. Injury issues though, because there's a lot of, questionables on the depth chart. We're recording this Friday morning for the, for the Hawks at the moment. In particular, you know, we mentioned Carson's out, but the backup running backs, both Collins and Rashad Penny are listed as questionable. DK as well is that they've got quite a few defensive players, including rather worryingly Jamal Adams. Is this, do we know much more on that? Have you had a look? I haven't at- heard necessarily much more than that. I mm-hmm. guess that's something, the, the benefit of, them playing Monday night football as these players have got more. Oh, of course, there. it's Monday, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they've got should more. Be right. should be right. so they, okay, they should be all right. And I actually, the other thing I was going to say is that one thing that Seattle have been able to do defensively is stop the run. Mm. And I think that Antonio Gibson has actually been the quiet hero for the Washington football team over the past two weeks. And Washington are actually four and zero when he rushes for more than sixty yards and one in five when he doesn't. So I think it is vital to Taylor Heineke's success in this game that Antonio Gibson gets rolling. And I think mm. the Seattle Seahawks, they have the coaches to be aware of that and to, to stunt and take away Antonio Gibson. I think that may make the job much harder for Taylor Heineke going into this game. But at the same time, I'm with you now. I think the safer play is the over. I mm. think you can, you always can expect Russell Wilson to revert to type and I also think that when you've got Terry McLaurin anything's possible for Taylor Heineken oh scary Terry note that all right let's rattle through uh, the rest of our business on this week's head Drushall we've got your prop bets our Drew Locks and our Acker to get done so why don't we start with your prop bets coming in off a two and one week yeah this king of Plumpton is back what are we looking at this week this week we are looking at well, we're opening up with Cooper Cup over eight and a half receptions against the Green Bay Packers. Mm. Cup continues to lead the league in receptions with 85. He also leads the league in receiving yards and touchdown catches, even after the Rams bye week. He goes up against the Packers slot corner, Chandon Sullivan, it's another mm. great name, who's mm. giving up a 71% catch rate on throws into his coverage. I think the Rams need to bounce back. Matt Stafford yeah. needs to bounce back. And in these situations, I love to back the number one option. So take mm. up here to feast against the Packers, especially with the continued absence of Robert Woods. Uh, second one, I'm going old school, Nat. Going old school, I'm going Tom Brady over two and a half pa- passing touchdowns. Love that. The man leads the NFL with 29 touchdown passes. He has a favourable matchup against the Colts this week who have a very, very good run defence, but a pretty poor pass defence, which means they have to rely on Tom Brady. Brady certainly isn't lacking for weapons, even if Antonio Brown isn't playing. Mm. You've got Mike Evans, you've still got Chris Godwin, and you've got Rob Gronkowski returning from a back injury. So I expect Tom to have a big game against the Colts. And to further 
his argument for MVP now. Do you think Brady's I like the MVP? Way, I, I love the way you refer to him as Tom as well, because I know you're pals. Uh, yeah, we are pals. Oh, we are pals. Man, Considering that you're basically, aren't you, I, I like to give away your age on this show, because I think mm-hmm. you look very good for your age. It's one of the Thank few you, I'll give you. But it's similar to Tom. You're the exact same age as Tom Brady, aren't you? Like two days out. We look, uh, we look very, look very similar. We look very good, very good for our yeah, age. Yeah, yeah. The similarities abound, quite frankly. Yeah, he, yeah. I, th- I feel I'm a better five-a-side keeper than he is. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. You can, you can have that one. You can definitely have that one. And then my final one, I'm going back to the old anytime touchdown scorers now. James mm. Robinson, he has mm. scored seven touchdowns in his last seven games for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he goes against the Atlanta Falcons this week, who have a run defence that ranks 24th in DVOA. I expect Urban Meyer to go to the ground a lot in this game to allow Trevor Lawrence time to settle because Trevor Lawrence has looked rough recently, it has to be mm. said. I don't think we can really put any of the blame on him, though. I think the Jags team sucks. Mm. But the one player that is... Yeah, I'll take. But the one player that is excellent and we know can have success is James Robinson, so I expect him to score a touchdown here. Love that. And you I, know just, what I, love? I was just... I just it's just, just so exciting against the Drew Lock. I just raced race through those. because I just. No, I, you I, did. You just want to get to the Drew Lock. Well, yeah, I, I want to get to the Drew Lock. Uh, you've, I'm glad that you have dropped one of those prop bets, oh, because you've helped me make my mind up. Because oh, really? the top of the show, I had two Drew Locks and I was flip flopping. My runner-up Drew Lock was the Texans minus two and a half against the Jets. Yeah, that's so bold. <laughs> that's so bold. Why? <laughs> why? Yeah, you why, why? Exactly. Why go? How anywhere? much did you watch the Texans and the Jets? <laughs> I love. <laughs> I love the Texans matchup here, but that. No, but I was. I was just looking at it thinking, oh god, under three Texans. Um, but you're right. Wild, Cray Town to go near that. Anything can happen so, in that game. Uh, I am taking. The Tampa Bay Bucks. That's a good shout. Yeah, uh, thanks, yeah, Al. Uh, the line has moved a bit from two and a half to three, and kind of back and forth. I've seen. I liked it. I saw it two and a half. It's currently at three, right? It is currently at three. Yeah, I'd still take it at three, even though that is the magic number. Vita Vea back. So all this talk of Jonathan Taylor, love Jonathan Taylor, but he's going to run into Vita Vea and Co. Mm-hmm. In this one, you made a great point in terms of the Colts secondary. Antonio Brown is less likely, as I think you referenced in your prop bet. But again, as you outlined, it doesn't matter when you've got 18 other receiving options to go to. I love the Bucks for a solid win here. Look, the Colts are a team we've, you and I have been bigging up a lot longer than everybody else has been. As mm-hmm. Maybe they're better than everyone's suggesting yeah. for a lot of the season. Now they're into their groove. I still think they could be a playoff side, but I love the Bucks in this matchup. So my Drew Lock of the week, the Tampa Bay Bucks minus two and a half. You can get it minus three. I'd take it. That was that was uh, very very close to being one of my picks. I can't lie to you. Ooh. I think it, was it your Drew Lock, and now you're changing it. it. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it was. It actually wasn't. But there was. There's been. A, there was a couple that I was looking at for this. Okay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was definitely one. I really like the matchup for them, and I also think this is a classic uh, buy low, sell high. <laughs> Point and I think those is, and I think everyone is way too high on the uh, the, the Indianapolis Colts right yeah, now. I think the that matchup, line for sure. Yeah, and I think the matchup serves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I'm going on also one I, I reference in my prop bet. No unders for me this week, now. Oh, disappointing. I am going on the LA Rams, pretty much straight up to beat Bold. Green Bay Packers. Bold call. Bold call. Well, I love it. I picked yeah. the Rams in my in my scorecard column, so I, I like that pick yeah. a lot. Yeah. This is purely just situational, mm. and it's a matchup pick now. Green Bay are banged up and desperate for their bye, which is coming in imminent weeks. Yeah. The Rams are off a bye, mm-hmm. so healthy, and they're just desperate for a win. Mm. I think Donald and Von Miller, this is, this is the kind of game that Von Miller was brought in for, wasn't it? To disrupt right. the passer as much as he possibly can and to take advantage of what is a massively banged up offensive line yeah. for the Green Bay Packers. So I expect Aaron Donald and Von Miller to cause carnage. And the one thing that you've got this week, which you don't usually have against the Green Bay Packers, is you've got a Rodgers who, whose mobility is hindered because mm-hmm. of his toe injury, which we've all seen him putting his toe up to the camera. So when you've got Rodgers unable to escape the pocket as well as he usually can, and yeah. you've got a banged up offensive line and you've got Aaron Donald and Von Miller on the other side of the ball, mm. I don't see that being a good, a basically a good situation for the Green Bay Packers to be in offensively going forward. Mm. And also the other, the other narrative that I love in this game, 
Stafford is going to Stafford is finally going to be going up against Aaron Rodgers in a in like a fair matchup mm. on a on a level playing field. Matthew Stafford has rolled into Green Bay so many times, has played them so many times as a Detroit Lion, mm. a terrible terrible team around him, and now he can roll in there after all the times he's taken a beating from Rodgers and say, Do you know what? Like now we can go mano y mano. Yeah, I've got my team, you've got your team, and let's see who comes out on top. Is and he I, like the kid who goes back to the school reunion, uh, having been the a, a, a bit of a an outcast at, yeah. at oh, high school, yeah. and now he's a multi-billionaire. Yeah, exactly. Rolls up with a Lamborghini and the Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah, in in the hot tub. Um, yeah, exactly. So that's why I think I'm going to take Sean McVay in this spot. I think I think off a bye, I think they, they really need the win. Whereas I think Green Bay just wants to get to the bye week and then take the season on from there because they are banged up mm. right now. I hate to say it, oh, but I love it. I love it. That was that was on my list as well, as certainly as in, uh, to look at. And as I say, I made the same pick in in my scorecard column. So yeah, I salute you for the smartest. Right, let's wrap with our Acker. I've got I've taken a stab at it. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, so maybe me, we'll do that. We'll have the we're going to do it together, so you can yeah. I guess use the veto if you feel strongly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So first up, I'm taking. This is, remember, listeners, straight up picks, right? So money line, not not the spread. Uh, the Patriots over the Titans. Yep. I am taking the Ravens over the Browns. Do we know Lamar's going to be back? Lamar's going to be back, I believe. That's what I'm basing it on, yeah. Yeah. I would assume that Lamar's back because it was only a cold, wasn't it? But that would that would change things slightly. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, he's saying... He's saying Okay, not only does he feel confident, he says he's 120% certain. He's, he's 120% certain. No, Ravens through the Browns. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is where it gets tricky. I, mm, we could, I mean, quite conceivably, you could slip in one of the two picks we've just said uh, in yeah. our Drew Locks, so the Bucks or the Rams. That would be the safer play. But if you want a bit of variation, if you're going to take them separately and you want to mix it up a bit, I mean, I think that would be the safe play. And out of those two, oh, I'd go Bucks probably, but I mean, less riskier the two, but I don't know. Straight up, either could work. Bengals over Steelers was my third. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if I, I don't. My issue, my Why? issue with Steelers, I, you know what I feel about Mike Tomlin as an underdog. His record as an underdog is absolutely ridiculous and yeah that's covering the line though right yeah but also covering the line but my it, that would pick would solely depend on whether how many of Fitzpatrick Joe Hayden and TJ Watt they're I getting fit. back this week yeah that is my only fear and also my other big fear uh, uh yeah was Tyler Boyd said when we beat them earlier in the season that they gave up and they don't have like fight and they don't oh have god okay well, and that's just a, yeah that's that. just that's terrible what about I quite like what about the Panthers over the Dolphins your beloved Miami Dolphins oh I don't know about that all I think the Miami Dolphins are slightly banged up I think the Panthers will I mean, it's a good matchup for them you're not a fan what about the Falcons over the Jags I'm not so, yeah that's not a bad shout uh, oh, actually, no, what am I talking about? I think I picked the Jags in my column. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I just fancied the, uh, a bit of an upset, a bit of variation. Yeah. Um, okay, so what about, what about? I think we go Rams or Bucks in there. Okay, or Rams we, or oh, Bucks. So do you want to take, realistically, you, it's actually not that safe from an Acker so far. You've put some quite, some quite bold ones in there. So I think if you put the, the Bucks are the, the Bucks are the kind of the safer play, I would say. I think the Bucks are the safer play. Yeah, yeah, straight the up. Bucks, the Bucks money line are the safe play. So we're going Bucks, Patriots, and Ravens. Bucks, Patriots, Ravens. Yeah, because the, the classics, basically. The, the uh, what does that come out? Brady, as? Belichick, and Harbaugh. What does that look like? Let's have a look. So Bucks, roughly Bucks, Patriots, Ravens. That uh, is it's about, about it's, it's, bit it's it's about what. So if you put ten pounds on that, you would get thirty-two pounds back. Okay, all right. Well, that's, a, so that's it's not a, bad. It's not bad. It's a, that's a decent echo. So that's the up. first we've done that. We've done that one together. I think the Tampa mm. Bay. Yeah, I think that is. I think that is a safe play. The okay. only fear. Do you think that you? Do you have any fear that the New England Patriots are due a? No, not against this Titans team. I think. I think Belichick will have them stuffed but, up. I think. Julio's out. Brown's an injury doubt. Right. So. Yeah. No, and the other thing I was I, that was actually very, very nearly my underplay. 
Yes, I, I love that too. Yeah, love that. yeah, that was actually my Drew Lock was very nearly the under in that game. It'd be twenty to eleven or something. Yeah, crazy. exactly. It feels like that's the kind of game that's going to be um, sadly for us on the Red Zone Show on Sunday. Oh, great! Can't wait for that. Well, speaking yeah. of which, Phoebe Schechter in the house for that one. We're on air from five o'clock. Uh, who else is joining us all on the Red Zone Show? Will Gavin will be joining us from eight pm. He was doing he did the late shift with Thanksgiving games last night, so I'm sure he will still be asleep right now, especially after that Trevor Simeon performance. Did he just? He is uh, burning the midnight oil. At that he one. is certainly burning the midnight oil. But you have managed to, uh, you and him are now neck and neck in the picks race on that show. All I care about. That's all yeah, I care about. Exactly. So I need a big week. And I've made some bold decisions to try and create some separation. So we shall see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, brilliant stuff, Alt. Listen, good luck with your prop bets. Uh, good luck with your Drew Lock of the Week as well. That's the kind of guy I am. That. I see it. You don't mean that. Gentleman and a sportsman. Uh, <laughs> I really want to catch up with you. But I do like the Rams pick, so that's going to be tough this week. Good luck to all of you out there who are going to take some action. Remember, uh, if you are, be responsible about it. Everything in moderation, as the saying goes. So have fun with it, but uh, don't take it too far if you're going to have some action. I hope we've pointed you in the right direction just a little bit. Propo, good to see you, bud. Uh, we will check in. I'll see you on Sunday for the radio show. And we'll be back Tuesday morning. Well, should drop around lunchtime. Iron Mike with the review show. If you haven't already, he dropped a great one earlier this week. Ben with our preview show. We get into quite a few games that we didn't talk about today on that. So go check out the vault. Uh, no college days this week, but I promise that we'll be back next week. So we will see you then. Oh, look after yourself. Look after yourself now and uh, yeah, enjoy. I said that quite threateningly. No, yeah, I was quite threatening. Look after yourself now. Now you've got one back on me, it's a bit of a change. But I was just going to say, whoever's listening to this on a Monday, I bet they're going to be enjoying this winner. Yeah, shout out to the Monday. Yeah, when the Titans are trained, yeah, the Colts win and the Packers win. Brilliant. All right, but look after yourself and I'll see you Sunday. Podcast Network.